This is Hearts of Oak Podcast. Free speech, religious disagreement, children's rights, and open and free discussion on any topic are bedrock to a democratic free society. And we seek to promote and champion these basic rights. Join us. Let's keep the conversation going. And it is wonderful to have back the duo, Right Said Fred, Richard and Fred, back with us once again. Thank you guys for joining us. Pleasure. Hey, Peter. Nice to be here. Thank you. Great to have you with us. And I'm glad that I missed your your book launch, but we'll get into all of that. We will. Um, When I suggested to my wife I could fly back to London just for a right (laughs) side (laughs) event. That didn't go down too well. No, I, exactly. I have to say, I, 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 I agree I'd be, with that. I'd be on her side, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So I, I missed it, but I saw the pictures. But we'll get into all of that. Obviously, yes. writes at Fred, at the Freds on yes. Getter and on Twitter. Yes. And there is a link, link TR there, which will be in the description. You just click on that and you get all their links up there so you can follow them Perfect. on any platform you like. And at the top is the book. Yeah. So let's jump in. You've just okay. obviously launched. Let me uh, let me actually bring it up so people can have a look at it and they okay. can get it anywhere, including Amazon. Well, and there you go. Yeah, Still yeah. too sexy. Surviving, right said Fred. And yes. <laughs> they can get it on just released a couple of weeks ago. And hold it up again there, Fred. Perfect. There it is. And that's to the back. That's me and Fred. Yeah. And if you're a speed- <laughs> If you're a speed reader, he goes, go! (laughs) (laughs) So you had the book launch. I'm wondering, how has it taken so long for a Right Said Fred book to actually be released and written out to the public? Well, we were in discussion about, oh, 10 years ago. Uh, We were approached by a literary agent. Um, But it all got got a bit stiff and serious and a bit dowdy. And we thought, no, we're not really enjoying this. Um, So we stopped. And then we were approached about two years ago, yeah, just a year and a half ago, by who specializes in music autobiographies. And um, okay. and we liked him. And he said, it was his idea to do it as a, the whole book as a conversation between Richard yeah. and I. Yeah. It's pretty chronological. We start from when we're kids, go right through the present day. And um, he said, uh, and we were able to be very frank. In, yeah, we, in, didn't fi- we didn't filter anything. Right? No, the previous the previous uh, publishers were a little bit conservative and risk averse. And and they, these, um, and Joel said, as long as you're not you know, libeling, libelous and sort mm. of, you know, yeah. um, so, which we weren't, uh, haven't been. Um, and, he, and we enjoyed the process. We, yeah. you know, we did it over a few, you know, well, a few months, in fact. And, um, we hired, yeah. a, we hired a little cot rent, not yeah. rented a little cottage down in um, Otterton, yeah, d- down in the West Country, and we stayed there for about a week and just talked. Joel would just put his recorder on the table, mm-hmm. have a cup of coffee, and we just talk. Yeah, sort of get it all in some kind of order, you know. Um, and it was it was it was fun. The only the only slight hit, hitch was the publishers were a little bit nervous about one or two pictures that, yes. we, that we put in. Yeah. Uh, we insisted that they go in. Uh, and they are in. And they are in. <laughs> <laughs> so they were, they were a little bit uh, dodgy about that, but yeah. that's the only thing mm. that they had a problem with. Yeah, yeah. it's going to be a bit of a slow burn for us because we're getting uh, Waterstones, HMV, Sister Ray, Rough Trade are all refusing to stock it uh, because of our position yeah. on, uh, on the pandemic, um, which is pretty pathetic, uh, obviously. But we're very lucky... Um, to have WH Smith and many independent 
shops um, get, getting on board. So for us, it's going to be a little bit of a, um, a slower kind of turnover because we're being we're, we're being um, cancelled. Um, but um, other than that, the response has been good. We've had some very good reviews. Even even the sorry, let me get rid of that. Even the Independent yeah. gave us gave us a good review, which uh, quite. Yeah, book of the month. Book of the month. So that, so that yeah. was quite, that, yeah. that was, that was quite remarkable. Yeah. yeah. Um, and um, yeah, that, we, we, we've enjoyed the process. We've been doing some signings in stores. Uh, pretty reasonable turnout overall, um, and we expect to be going out again this side of Christmas. Um, just waiting to confirm some dates with W. H. Smith. Yeah, W. H. Smith have been really, really good. Yeah, yeah. Really, really good. Yeah. Which is, which is, we thought that was bizarre because that, I think they were established yeah. in something like seventeen ninety two. So you have this. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you, know I mean? you have this picture of them as being a bunch of old fuddy duddies, and, and and rough trade being a bit open minded. Yeah. Completely reverse. Rough yeah. trade were pretty horrible, along with HMV, and um, uh, and, and W. Smith have been very broad minded. Very, uh, yeah. We have to, yeah. We've said we're not going to have when we when we're there doing book signings, or in, and on some of them we've been performing, and we don't do any COVID rhetoric. We don't. People yeah, don't no. You know, we play a couple of songs, we do some signings, we keep it like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and and they've been cool. The local managers and the regional managers have been fantastic. I went into the local water, there's a Waterstones in uh, in the town here, and I went in there just to see what other kinds of books they stock. And there's books by Schwab, and there's books by Gates, <laughs> and there's books and by books about Hitler. <laughs> but they won't have our book. Well, they won't have Go our book. figure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah tell us about the as i said the the launch i got it i i couldn't be there at the hard rock yeah. cafe in london and um, tell us what that was like because it did seem to be one of the events of the year i saw the list of people going yes. i saw the photographs and you had everyone and anyone people you wouldn't expect necessarily yes. even so tell us what the evening was like well what we did was um hard rock first must say hard rock hotel were really accommodating were great, very, very fair yeah. um we had about 120 um invited guests and then some others other people turned up. Um, there was a private area for the people who were invited. Um, we had a book signing, uh, which we did. We did that, and we did a performance of just, yep. just three, three songs acoustically. Um, and we were surprised at the response. We put out invitations, and you know, like when you have a party, you think we'll invite three hundred because we know only a hundred is going to turn up. Yeah. Um, but um, this, we were getting, we were getting confirmations within an hour of the, of the um, invites going out. We yeah. Said, yeah, yeah, wow. yeah. And then we started to have people chasing us on uh, personal personal messaging us or direct messaging us on Twitter and other social platforms saying, I, I want to come. So it was interesting because we had, obviously, we had, um, it was partly sponsored by Getter, which yeah. we're very grateful for. Jason Miller was there. He was great. Yeah. Um, Nigel Farage turned up, yeah. and, and we appreciate that. And then there was, you know, James Dellingpole, Dick Dellingpole, uh, Lucy Johnson from the Telegraph, I believe. Or, mm. I can't remember. Sorry, yeah. sorry, Lucy. Um, and loads of uh, loads of podcasters and loads of mates. Uh, and it was it was really interesting. Alex Belfield was there, and yeah. it was it was really interesting. A real, a real broad mix. And what's interesting about this whole period is that we have is a little. I think it's a little bit like joining the forces. You meet people that you would never <laughs> normally meet yeah. Yeah. unless you unless you join the forces. You know. And so we've uh, we've bumped into people and we've met and we've made friends with people that we would never normally have met yeah. or had a conversation with if it wasn't for the absolute nonsense that's been going on for the last two years. Yeah, yeah. it's true because a lot of the obviously you've been on the demos and uh, yeah. we've had. Uh, I mean, to think we've had Piers Corbin on. Uh, do you think in what world would that happen? But yeah, it was, <laughs> uh, it was fun. And you're right, yes. the people you meet at those demos are 
people who are just concerned, they want to come together, yeah. want to show solidarity, and you get those maybe more celebs there as well. But yes. um, obviously, some of those people who have followed you and got to know you there were keen to support you at the book launch. Yes, they were. Yes. And yeah. also, what I liked about the demos is, and it's one, one of the things I think that we, in, in, in the British culture, which is now increasingly conservative and small-minded, um, what I liked about the, is that some of the people on the demos had no interest in, in the and some other than parading their eccentricity. That's that was yeah. their thing. Yeah. Uh, two guys dressed up as, as um, Inquisition uh, people from the Spanish, the Spanish Inquisition. There's one bloke who's got who says, "Phone this number. You will never pay for electricity ever again." Um, <laughs> the, the, you know, that is just, it's probably a pay by phone. I, mean, I, love, it. I yeah. love that eccentricity, and I really think we should we should um, value it in the UK. So I don't think we should value people who play by the book. No. Yeah, yeah. You know, I love, I love all that. Tell us about the book. You said that you weren't, the first time you looked into it, you were quite restricted. And obviously, yes. when you get a book by someone, you want warts and all. You want the truth. You want, you don't want yes. it to be hidden yeah. away. Uh, but what was that like? What was that like, the two of you sitting together for a week, just reminiscing, I guess, having a chat yes. about what life was like? That must yes. have been quite strange, brothers coming together and just spending a week chatting about your lives it together. Was. It was. What to do, he brought these huge rolls of paper, which probably about eight foot yeah, long yeah. and two, two, three foot wide. Or and um he said and so he said, Okay, Fred, and he puts them out on the table. With dates along the table. And so put your birth date and we put your and, death date. And, 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 and he said, <laughs> you know <laughs> Exactly. He knows more than he's telling us. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so you work through it and you suddenly see you know this person, and then you go to school. You do this, and then and, and it's remarkable. You suddenly see your life in this sort of uh, chronological order yeah. appearing in front of you, and I found that really quite cathartic. He was saying loads of artists get really emotional because they yeah. have to relive, you know, the passing of someone, or divorce, you know, or, divorce yeah. problems, mm -hmm. problems with their careers, or drugs, or alcohol, or whatever. And um, we didn't really have that so much be, uh, because we've always been quite open about. Yeah. Our mm. Issues, yeah, we have. And um, interesting, you something. Oh my Christ, dear God! Do you remember that guy? Do you remember yeah. this? And and it, it did bring up a lot of memories. Also, and also, of course, I mean, uh, while other things are happening, yes, it doesn't. Yeah. You know, events just don't happen. A, B, C, D, E, F. No. Sometimes B is happening, yeah. and M is happening over A, and all that. You know. Yeah. So that was the tricky part: trying to remember the order of things. Yes. Um, and, and get it into some kind of logical... Uh, yeah, we used you know. photographs a lot. Yeah, we did. We never kept yeah. diaries. Yeah, we never kept um, Mum did. Mum kept it. Yeah, Mum was very good with diaries. Um, we also had a lot of stuff miss... Um, we were with Virgin Records in America, and what happened there is you get this thing called an artist pouch, and, and when you're on the road, you get given gifts and photographs and loads and loads of great stuff, and Virgin lost all that stuff. It was yeah. meant to be a secure package, and, yeah. and they put it on a Virgin flight. <laughs> <laughs> And what, it, it, did what it crash? Possibly, what could possibly <laughs> exactly. go wrong? What could go wrong? I had a lovely, we did our senior hall, which was a really big uh, chat show at the time in, in the States. And um, one of the gifts they gave us was a beautiful toweling uh, dressing gown mm. with our senior hall sort of logo yeah. on the back. And really, you know, top quality stuff. Gone, completely yeah, gone. and uh, I mean, Virgin just useless. Yeah, and so yeah. they lost, they lost all that. We're on the road in America on lofty bloody ages, yeah. and wow. um, and they lost everything. So, so that was difficult. We had loads of things that weren't there, which we had to remember. We went back on to Australia. We, we went online and put in different uh, keywords, and stuff yeah. came up. Um, and we used that just to jog our memories. And we and we got loads of uh, obviously, obviously, this is all pre 
um, um, de- um, internet a lot. Yeah. Our yeah. first, our first sort of run. Yeah, no mobile phones. So that we have, fortunately, we had, uh, we have kept lots of photographs, and fans have sent us lots of photographs, which we we have. So we used all that stuff as well, and some press clippings. Um, but it was interesting. It was really cathartic, and um, mm. and you think actually we we achieved that. That was yeah. really good. And then you look at somebody else and say, oh my god, why the fuck did we do yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Also, <laughs> yeah. Also, when I look back. And I think, my God, I used to, I was, I looked really young then. I should have had an awful lot more sex. Yes. <laughs> Why didn't I have more sex? Yeah. I was actually quite cute back then. Yeah. You know? It's like, I thought about a wasted opportunity. Yeah. Like, yeah. Really? Well, well, I mean, what was it? Because obviously, uh, I'm too sexy. You had fame. You were yes. at the, at, well, but what, hitting 30 or so? Yes. Um, yeah. So it wasn't. You now find often that kids will find fame. Um, yes. uh, obviously online or YouTubers find fame at 14, 15. Yes, so yeah. you were a little bit, what was, what was that like finding fame? I guess a little bit, were you more sensible or not? A um, little, a little. I mean, yes. I, I, I remember being taken for a walk by, by our father when they were, he was retired yeah. and it was just me and we were walking, living in, in the West country and we just took, took a walk and I was about 30, just about a I don't know how many years before we broke. One or two. One or two years yeah. before we broke. And Dad was obviously fishing, and he was obviously thinking, "What the hell are you up to? What are you doing with your life?" <laughs> <No>. <laughs> and he was trying to be gentle, and he was, you know, "How's it going?" and all this yeah. kind of thing, you know. But you know, he was worried. And um, but to be honest with you, we didn't care. No, we just didn't care. We'd made our minds up that this is what we wanted to do, and um, we're going to do it. And was sexy. We, when we recorded, we had no ambitions for that song other than hearing it on the radio. Yeah, that's yeah. all we wanted. Yeah. It was. It was sort of. Um, it, it was weird. Um, breaking that late a little bit. We mm. were 10 years older than a lot of other artists who were breaking. Yeah. Um, but also at the same time, we were a little bit used to it because Richard had done some stuff with David, uh, David Bowie yeah. Yeah. and I had um, been w- worked with uh, Bob Dylan and we'd done a lot of reasonable shows even before the band. We'd, played, we'd done a lot of um, uh, college circuit and that sort of stuff. Yeah. So we weren't new to that side. It was the celebrity side that caught us on oh, off guard. Yeah, the, the celebrity thing, and this was actually pre uh, pre you know, pre selfies and mobile phones. Oh, really? um, what it would be like now would be horrendous. Um, mm. So that that the celebrity thing caught us off guard. We didn't like it. Um, it it's, we we just wanted to be in a band, play some songs, and be left alone. But that wasn't to happen. Mm. Uh, and partly our own fault. We took our shirts off on the first video. <laughs> The image, you know, do you know what I mean? Why did we do we that? Have, you, have to, you have to take responsibility. The thing is, yeah. sorry, but the thing is, what you do think at the beginning, never yeah. thinking that you're going to be stuck with it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'll take my shirt off today. I don't have to do that tomorrow. And then, of course, even now, when people when we do a show, people, you know, get them off and, you know, it's, 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 it's just, you know, it's absurd. It, yeah. it, and and I, I can remember the, the madness, as an example, I was working in a, in, uh, on the phones in, the, in a gym at the time. And the band was just breaking, and uh, the phone rang. And um, uh, Andrew, who I was working with, he handed he said it's for you. So I picked up the phone, and it was some newspaper, and they were saying, "Can you tell us how you feel about the release of Terry Waite?" <laughs> I've just, no, I've recorded, no, I've just recorded. I'm too sexy. I don't know about Terry Waite. You God bless him. But you know that that was the kind of nonsense that that yeah. hit you almost immediately. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, with the the. the the lies of the press were extraordinary. We were multi-millionaires within a week of sexy being released. According, yeah, he according, did all the money. According to money. Yeah. According to the press, <laughs> you know, we were uber rich, and yeah. and it was all. It was just. The, I mean, that's actually one of the first times that we started thinking. 
wow, the media just can't be trusted. No. Yeah. <laughs> and you learn things. Like we, when, when you do a, we did, we did a couple of red carpet things and all, they're all, all the photographers are lined up and they shout your name. They say, Richard, Richard, Richard. And I, so my, in my stupidity, I thought, oh, these, these are mates. They all know me and like me. This is great. <laughs> what it is, is just so that you turn around and they can get a shot. That's yeah. all it is. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I, I learned really, really, really slowly that, that how, it, how, it, how it works, you know. Um, and so, but yeah. you, you, I mean, no, you, you had 10 years of, well, what, 10 years maybe? When did you start kind of doing music together and thinking this is what we want to do? Or was it separate and then you came together? No, it was 1978. That was yeah. our first UK tour. We were on the road with a band called Suicide, who American uh, electronic duo. Yeah. And we um, we just we did a, a show with Joy Division on that tour. Um, they were just breaking as well. And um, so, so we, we, we went out and we just decided this is what we're going to do. And we were horribly unsuccessful for quite a long time. <laughs> and um, but for some reason we, uh, we 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 wouldn't say we wouldn't. No, was not was not in our vocabulary. We just thought they're, they're wrong. What we do is good, and we're going to prove a point. And so we just then we eventually get, gave up on record labels because we'd been in and out of record deals. Yeah. And the final straw was signing to Capital in my Capital in America <laughs> in '87. Yeah. And that went horribly wrong. The money we were meant to get went missing, and we just thought, you know, we're done with record labels. So when we did Sexes, which I said earlier, we just wanted to hear it on the radio. That was it. And we thought, let's let people decide. You know, screw all this nonsense. Let's yeah. let, let, let the audience decide. And for you know, God, yeah, um, we were proved right, and 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 sexy went bonkers. So um, that, that was our, our position. And the same now you know, over the pandemic, we just we just we 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 refuse not to say what we think. Yeah. Don't I don't have to agree it, with us. No, it just is second second nature. I yeah, can't yeah. imagine saying something that you don't think. Yeah, I mean, the, you don't yeah, believe. Yeah, I can't imagine. I mean, that's why we we went sort of. Not, I hate the word fully independent, but we went sort of, uh, um, we separated ourselves about 95 from the, you know, the, the machine, if you like. And we just sort of got on our, on our own, really. And, um, and and we've always pretty much said what we think from that point, because before that we were getting, we were, we, we were playing the game. They said, yeah, they, said they said jump, and we said how high. Yeah. And we yeah, we did all the magazines, all the TVs, and we did what we were told. And after about three three or four years, we thought, this is bollocks. You know, yeah. this is I want to play music and be left alone. So obviously not great financial decision, but uh, mm -hmm. but in terms of our um, mental health and, and what we enjoy doing, it was a good decision. Yeah, exactly. exactly. I mean, how did you manage to go to the States? Because obviously it, it takes money to go on the road, to go. Uh, yeah. Was it with other bands just was it doing your own thing what was that like because that no, was years before yeah no no we didn't oh, oh i see what you're saying yes well we first went to america in 86 that was funded by bob dylan because i just okay. done the i just done the bob dylan um shows and he paid me pretty well so i saved up some money i said to richard let's go let's let's go to new york um and start doing some shows and see what happens so we went to new york in 86 and 80 then they went back in 87 yeah and we did a, we did a, what we did at the time was quite punk. We didn't even think about it. We, we had a Walkman, which was obviously with a cassette. We had a back, we had a backing track on the cassette. We plugged the cassette into the PA. I played guitar over it and Richard sung over it. And it was quite, looking back, it was actually quite 
sort of anarchic. Nobody else was doing it. Yeah, and, and we turn up at these gigs in New York, and these bands look just like, you're nuts, man. Yeah. What are you doing? And they had all the gear. Yeah, they had, had all yeah, the gear. They had drummers, drummers and keyboard players. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Then we turn up, you know, <laughs> and, a scrawny Englishman. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> but what happened was we, we started getting reviewed, and we, we played a gig called The Knitting Factory that was quite a small but quite prestigious gig. Yeah. And suddenly we get back to the flat we're staying in, and there's just all these messages from record companies because we'd been reviewed in the New York Times, and it just said the Brits are coming and had this glowing report of us, uh, this review. And suddenly we had all the record companies on the phone. So uh, no, we, we, we were working while we were there. Yeah, we were. Fed was working in transport, while I was working in a gym. Yeah, yeah, we didn't. So have we had we, we had to make money. Yeah, um, but uh, we had to finance it ourselves. Yeah, yeah we yeah, did. But yeah. the actual the actual trip to New York was uh, financed by Fred's money from uh, Bob Dylan. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, and uh, New York then was was great. It was really really funky. Fun, it was fun. fun. It was edgy. It was, uh, and it's. I, I truly believe that if you want art to flourish, you've got to get politicians out of the way. Yeah, you, just, you just have yeah, to. Yeah. The minute you control anything, the minute you put smoking bans on everything, yeah. the minute you do all that, you kill it. So you absolutely. And New York then was free, and it was open. You could do absolutely anything. Yeah, you could. Much in New yeah, York. it was great. Um, and London was the same back in the day. You know, every 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 pub was a gig. Um, and it's it's flat. It flourished. It, yeah. it was really flourishing, and mm. I, I truly believe for, for art to flourish, you have to get politicians out of the way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I'm curious because today you talk to kids, and they think you sit in your bedroom in your underpants and you sit on YouTube, and you can be famous without yes, doing absolutely anything. Yes. Uh, your experience obviously is a different time where you had to actually work hard. You had to actually get out there and make this yes, happen. Yeah. How do you kind of compare? that hard graph that you had to do with kids now thinking, actually, I'm uh, I'm due this. Uh, I yes. have a right to have fame, <laughs> celebrity and money. Yeah. yeah, I think it depends on the artist. I think if if you're broken online doing music uh, and 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 also you're out on the road with some in all fairness, some bands are they, they, they you know, there are bands out there playing. Yeah, um, I think you I think that, that's a good balance. If, if, as you say, you're sitting in your underpants in your bedroom and you suddenly become a YouTube star and you're not even sure why, maybe you know, you just have <laughs> yeah. you, some of these guys, yeah. I, I'm not sure they know why some of them they just yeah. happen to do the right thing at the right time. Yeah. And I think that's a hard thing to sustain. A friend of ours was a YouTube star. The minute that his numbers started going down, he didn't have a backup plan. He had not put anything in place. Yeah. Um, and he, he was, didn't know why. Because he, yeah, he had a song out that did quite well. And um, the next song didn't. And he, he wasn't on the road, so he didn't have that support. He didn't have an organic fan base. Yeah. He hadn't built it up by doing shows. Um, he didn't have any um, third-party sponsors, really, apart from some uh, advertisers on on. YouTube. So that fell apart for him very quickly. And I think that can be the danger. It can unravel incredibly quickly. Mm, and you yeah. don't have a safety net. You haven't, it's not organic necessarily in like it used to be. Well, there's also from a, from a performance part, point of view, there's something incredibly educative about punters right in front of you. It is, yeah. yeah. There's no, nothing, there's no computer, there's no internet thing, there's no digital alternative that's better than actually standing up somewhere doesn't even have to be a stage on the floor and looking at people's faces and doing what you do. Mm. That will t that will teach you more than you'll ever learn on the computer ever. Yeah, it will. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, 
talking about the book, I don't want to spoil it. Uh, obviously, yeah. whenever people go and get Still Too Sexy, and again, they yeah. click on the link, they can find out where to get it, including Amazon. Do. Um, do you want to, obviously, we've had the papers writing different, I think there was a Daily Mail a couple of days ago, finding yes. some juicy, do you want to <laughs> tell us what, what people, without giving everything away, but maybe give people one or yeah. two teasers and what they will get in the book? Well, what we what we did was we were it's fairly sort of um, we tried to make it as truthful as possible. Yeah. So I think interesting is that we what we've been doing prior prior to I'm too sexy, and in terms of work and like our experience, we had some bizarre experiences with the porn industry, a porn star in in New York, and we lived in a crack house. Um, we didn't make house until, <laughs> until we turned until we got up. There. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. 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 <laughs> Absolutely yeah. true. No, what happened, in '86, we'd stayed with this guy called uh, called Sam, who was lovely, yeah. Yeah. and he and he was a lighting director in um, uh, in Broadway. some Broadway, and he had this flat. It was a bit of a mess, but it was all right. And so we went back the next year, and he said, "Yeah, let's come and stay again." It, but we, we didn't realize in that seven month in, in, uh, interval, he had chucked in his job and and had become Scarface, <laughs> and. Uh, it was bizarre. We walked yeah. into his flat, and it was it was just mad. There were coke everywhere and hookers, and there was a gun in the fridge, and oh my god, it was absolute frigging chaos. Yeah. And 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 so we we had for some reason, and then when sexy broke, we attracted some very strange people uh, into the song. So some of our fans sent some sent porn videos in, and we, we refer to one of those in the book. Uh, we went a bit off the rails and we did, got up to some odd stuff. And, and um, so we, we go through that. My, my, um, and I which thing had a problem with drugs. No, no, I could always get them. <laughs> you can always get them. <laughs> <laughs> the, pro the problem was when I couldn't. Um, that's when, that's when the problem yeah. came up, you know. Uh, and Richard talks about his, um, his relationship, 28 year relationship with Stuart, who um, was very ill. Over I had a very short relationship with the Toblerone bar, that's in the book. Yes, bar. Richard had a short relationship. <laughs> so, so we, we, we it's, you know, the, the, indep the independent got it right. They said it's raunchy and salacious and funny, and, yeah. and I think it is. You yeah. know, we had, that, that was the intention. And we specifically wrote it as a book that you can pick up, read a few pages on a plane or wherever the hell you are, and put it down. It's, it's not meant to be this. This you know, this heart wrenching you know confession thing. No, it's no. just us telling it how it happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, it's, it's just you know, it's an easy read. I think it is. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, um, I, I guess there's a whole industry that's that kind of goes along with the music industry to take advantage of that. That you've yes. got people making a hell of a lot of money, and yes. then an industry starts up to say, "You now need this, and yes. this is how you can spend your money." I mean, tell us about that's maybe the more dark side of the industry. Yes. Yeah, well, well, we, um, particularly on the road, it didn't happen so much in the UK, to be honest. But mm. when we were in other countries, what they, what, particularly if you've got a big record, record companies like to show off. Yeah. So they'll say, if there's anything you need, that's the first thing they say. Um, and I was honest. I said, well, I'd like some Coke and I'd like a couple of girls and, um, and maybe uh, maybe some sleepers for when I need to sleep. And nine times out of ten, they, they, they're all mouth, no trousers. But some territories like America particularly deliver what they say and and it's in the inter, in the interest of the of um the people working you're working with that you keep working so yeah. we so our, yeah. our our schedule was insane and we were doing 
almost, we were flying almost every single day. That went on and off for about 18 months. It was like, it was like catching a coach, really. Was yeah, it was. You checked in on the pavement back then. Yeah, you did. You yeah. could check in on the, uh, yeah. on, on, outside the airport. Outside, yeah. We, you know, and, the, and the, uh, the, the schedule was, you know, you're ordering your food in the limo. Um, so when you arrive at the restaurant, it's already on the plate. And yeah. it, it was, it, the itinerary was just off the chart. And, um, that, and, and at night when we were doing shows, you know, you've been up since five, you're, you're tired, you're a bit irritable. So you start to think, well, I, if you want me to do this show, what am I going to do? You know, then suddenly they come up with an you know, with a suggestion. Yeah. Why don't you maybe, think, yeah, yeah, try, try this? And I, fortunately, I wasn't, I'm not an addictive person. So although I did it, a lot of drugs, I did stop and start over many years. I didn't, I never needed rehab. I never needed that sort of. I was just, I just got lucky, to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the lab, labels also, they, they, as Fred says, they, they have it. Sometimes they, their ego is greater than the bands. Very much. Um, so, yeah. And so, you know, I mean, I remember our label. I think when the Brit, when the Mercury Awards or the Brits, whatever it was, when we didn't get best album or better whatever it was, it was our label that stormed out rather than us. Yeah. So you know, it, it was, a, it's a weird thing, and also you, you get very, very misled into thinking mm. that that you are in control. You think mm. you're in control. We're the one with the hit. We're the band, you know, blah, blah. But actually, you're just being... Just another band. You're just another band. Yeah. And uh, there are, you know, the labels that the, that you signed to, they'll be there in 100 years' time, and you'll be dead in... Or our system. Or, yeah, yeah, our system, of course. <laughs> the one we signed is gone. <laughs> but uh, oh, generally say. speaking, there is this misunderstanding in the, in the power relationship that you have as a, as a band. Um, uh, and and it's, it's it is a weird thing, I think. I think I think within the within the industry, there's an element of jealousy. I mm. think with with some people within the industry, that it's the artists that get all the glory, um, and, yes. the guy, and the backroom guys don't get any thanks. Um, so the band goes out that they have fifty thousand people all waving and shouting and, and and saying how fabulous you are, and the guys that have kept, done the campaign and pushed it forward and done all that get no thanks at all. So I think there's an element of jealousy too. That, that goes on between, yeah, uh, yeah, between artists yeah. and um, their label. I don't know how the industry works much because we've been out of that, that mainstream mix for a long time. Whether um, whether artists are getting, um, you know, encouraged to keep themselves going longer than they should. I mean, obviously, when you see someone like Avicii, you know, very sadly, it was clearly that he was being, he was not happy in a happy place. And I don't, I can't imagine he's the only one. I think there is a, I think that management and record labels get into this weird mindset. They suddenly find this cash cow. Instead of thinking, actually, if we don't burn them out, we might get another album, another album, another album, or we make it money over 10 years. But what they do is they work you into the ground. Mm. So you're just, you're wasted. Yeah, and then yeah. they say, can, can we have another album? You go, I'm actually a bit too tired to do that. <laughs> and, and, yeah. then, and then you get a massive fight and then they start threatening you. And Our label said, you know, why, don't, why can't you start writing the second album in, in taxis while you're going from A to B? Yeah, in, 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 <laughs> they, did. they did. They said, take your guitar into dress rooms and cabs and yeah, limos do and do the writing there. Yeah, I mean, they're so no stupid. No um, so I, I think, I mean, it's not all labels like that. Some, no. some bands get very fortunate and they get an A&R man or head of a label that is totally genuine. We did, we've, we've, I only had that once, which was in Germany, um, and I think that's a very that's a very special thing that can happen. But our experience has not been that. Ours, our experience in the, in the music industry has been pretty yeah. pretty abusive and and lots of manipulation. And there's, there. a, there's only a particular kind of artist, I think, that that that, um, that isn't freaked out by the consequences of having a hit. You know, you you, you, you do you, know, you write a little song at home, or you go to the studio with you and your mates. And it's, it's all very neighbourly, and generally speaking, it's quite. Yeah. You know, you grow up with people that you're working in quite a small way. 
and then as in, as in the case with sex, you suddenly it goes bonkers, and you're introduced into a lifestyle that you weren't ready for. Yeah. Not just financially, but spiritually as well. You know, you're you're you know you. And when you have a hit record, of course, in our case, why was it the song? Was it the label? Was it the publisher? Was it the management? Mm. What's responsible for this success? Yeah, yeah. So to that extent, you end up you're very vulnerable, and you try to keep everybody happy, which is the last thing you should be doing. Yeah, keep yourself happy. Keep, keep yourself happy absolutely yeah. Yeah. no because it is where i guess if you've been going years and haven't found that success and yes. suddenly you find it, you think well we've just been doing the same thing or what's <laughs> the magic part of it that must exactly. be very weird to work out yes, it, it was is. yeah it's i mean sexy the song was a departure for what we'd been doing we knew the song was different to what we had done before yeah um so we knew that but the the level of success, the idea that it was suddenly going to be number one, and and it would have this longevity, no one knew that. We didn't know that, and anyone who said they did know is probably lying. Well, of course, the thing that's coming that comes. You know, I remember we did an interview uh, from the Sydney Opera House um, at, on, on you know through the wire. Oh, that so, was with um, Richard and Judy. Or Richard and Judy. Some, I think. Some, I can't remember now. And all the time we were talking, the only thing I was thinking is, we've got to come up with another one now. <laughs> 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 what, what, what the fuck are we going to do? Yeah. <laughs> this, is, this, is a, this is a nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> but we did. But, but we did. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's the, you know, that, uh, you know, the, that, that thing in your head about there's nowhere else to go but down. That's the problem. If you're, if yeah, you're, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. So when people say to us, oh, you, did it irritate you that sexy didn't go to number one in the UK? No. No. Why? That, why? Because we knew we had one number one to go for. If it had gone yeah. to number one, the only thing to do after that is go down. That's okay. all you can yeah, do. Yeah, because you're never going to keep getting No, you're never going to keep doing number one, number one, number one, you yeah. know. So, um, and people get obsessed with numbers. I mean, the industry now, people, we get, you know, we get hate online. That's what everyone does, really. But, um, uh, you know, when was your last child success? When I tell them, well, actually, as writers, we're number one in America at the moment with Beyonce, and we were number one with Drake last year. Um, people and, don't know that and because Swifty, and, and Taylor Swift a few years before that, yeah. yeah. And um, what's weird is that people think if you're not on Saturday Night TV, you're <laughs> yeah. actually you're, you're dead. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and and the audience, if you like, haven't kept up with the with the record industry. The record yeah. industry now, if I if we had to make a choice between having a song in a movie or having a song in the charts, have a song in a movie all day long. Yeah. Yeah. Getting into the charts, unless you're very lucky, is very expensive. And the record sales aren't there, aren't there anymore to support your initial investment. And my heart goes out to record companies in this mm, in this event because they, they they are really playing. It's, it's a, it, that's why they're so conservative because they're nervous about um, you know losing money. Yeah, exactly. I, don't, I don't blame them. No, exactly. Well, we ran our own label for a short while. It's miserable, and it's miserable. I, yeah. you, know, you have to take your hat off. <laughs> you have to take your hat off to labels because not only are they dealing with some really horrible people. Yeah, I mean, artists are horrible. Some artists that. are really, really horrible. Yeah. Um, and they're also dealing with a market that's changed out of all recognition in the last yeah, yeah. Uh, 10 years. Yeah. Um, they're not making the money that they were. No. Um, obviously, the, the importance of back catalogue and, and all that stuff is much greater than it was. So from a label point of view, and our label, oh, I just hated it. I, just, I mean, we and we were lousy at it. We yeah. really, really were. You know, it was just, uh, we'd get a bill from Top of the Pops for the lighting. Mm. You know? <laughs> you know, they like, did, yeah. Oh my God, take me out of this! Yeah, you know? crazy. <laughs> yeah. Um, to to finish off with, what kind of advice would you give to yourselves? All the everything you've learned now, uh, if you put yourself back, what do you wish you knew back then? Uh, remember yourself employed. Yeah. Work at your own speed. Um, hang on to your copyrights. Um, and always get second and third opinions about 
everything. But, all, but also, yeah. always follow your gut instinct. Yeah. Always. Yeah. yeah. Do, do you, what you love. Yeah. If you've got an idea and everybody says it's rubbish, but you think it's okay, do it. Do it. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how, uh, just sorry. What well, one? I was. I had heard a quote from Bono. I used to love you too, and obviously the pandemic has changed that a little bit. Yeah. But um. <laughs> And I think Bono said it's difficult to keep your feet on the ground whenever you've got a stadium chanting your name. Uh, yes. What was that yes. like at the beginning to keep? Because you said kind of be real, be yourself, go with yes. your gut instinct. But yeah. whenever people are telling you anything, it's quite difficult to say, well, maybe maybe they're right and I'm not. How do you kind of keep yes. that sanity? Well, we, we didn't. We, we lost our way a bit, uh, a bit and um, we, we started acting up. Uh, partly because we weren't that happy, and to yeah, we were tired. Um, and I think it depends on sort of person you are. We've had we've played some very big gigs, and you know, and they you know um, go in America when we we're touring. It was Go Freds, and they would chant our name while other artists were playing. It was really embarrassing. Yeah. So you got other artists on, they're just chanting our name. So you, it, it can go to your head, but I think because we were a little bit older when we broke, we weren't quite as gullible as some other artists are. And um, you know, it it. it, it I think we realised the fragility of it quite early on, yeah. and, and not to take it too. We take we take writing seriously and recording, but the industry is a bloody joke, yeah. right? and we can't take that seriously. And, also, and I think anyone who does is is is, is foolish. Also, you know? at the time, I was um, I, I was with my partner who was H had had been HIV for years and years and years. So, uh, in the backdrop of my life was that very very sort of uh, fundamental going to the hospital, doing bloods. Mm. You know, I couldn't. I was never. I was never detached from. Reality no, that's true. Because of that with Stuart, you know. Yeah. Um, I, I, that he he that's was the most point. important yeah. thing yeah. in my life, yeah, um, other point. than family. Yeah. You know. So um. So that kept my feet on the ground. I could not um, lose myself because I was responsible to him. That's true. That's a good point. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's fit Richard and Fred. Thank you, as always, for your time. And it's a pleasure. Let me bring up again. There is the uh, on Amazon. <laughs> yeah. You can get hold of it. And, of course, follow all the links underneath at the Freds on Getter, Twitter, and... Shape this plug. Shape this plug. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, it's all there. So, we've, uh, as I said, we've done this a few days before, so thank you so much for coming along and sharing. Absolute um, pleasure. And I I'm sure you'll have many other events. It wasn't just a one-off book launch. No, no, no. no, no, no. We will. Yeah, we are talking to uh, Hard Rock about another event and, and obviously other places, so exactly. there'll be more. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. Can you do it when I'm around? Yes, yes. That's our priority. Bring, and bring, <laughs> bring the wife. Yes. <laughs> I'll bring her as well. Yeah, Absolutely. <laughs> well, on that, let me thank our viewers for tuning in or listeners for this. As a pre record, you'll get this on podcast, on Podbean, or anywhere else, including all the video platforms. So, thank you for jumping on and watching and enjoy the book. And let us know at Arts Evoke how you find the book. And uh, we'll certainly pass <laughs> that on to the guys. So, Absolutely. Thank, you, thank you so much for watching and goodbye. Great. Thanks, Peter. If you like what we do, sign up to our mailing list. Donate, share, and subscribe to our many platforms at heartsofoak.org. Thank you for listening.